you deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. When I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Perry Show here on Monday, July 15th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. This podcast is, of course, starring former Ohio State linebacker, national champion, captain, and NFL player, Joshua Perry. Mr. Perry, always good to talk to you. Welcome into your show. Hey, always good to be back on here. Uh, first thing, I want you to tell the listeners something good that you're hearing about the team. I think we, this is going to be a good way to start off the show from now on. Just could be anything about the current team you want to you want to say. What, what is something good the listeners need to know about the team? Yeah, just uh, the fact that there's been a lot of development going on, and I think that can be attributed um, to just the way the new coaching staff is working. And specifically when you look at the defensive side of the ball, um, you've got young players who are developing. You've got older players who have been around the program for a while now that are really coming on as well. Um, You look at that linebacker room, I've heard that they've made great strides in there. Um, The defensive line, obviously, is always a strong suit. But I think one of the – one of the more notable changes has been what Hackley's been able to do in the back end of the defense, working with some of those guys where, um, you know, Brendan White's going to be sliding around a little bit. Now you've kind of got a bunch of guys in the back end of that defense with Jordan Fuller getting back to full strength um, who are going to be able to make plays. So I'm excited about that. Um, on the training side of things, though, Herb, we can look forward to a really fast team. There's been a lot of emphasis on speed and talking to some of the players and talking to some of the coaches. These guys have been running more than they've ever run, and it's been an emphasis on being fast and explosive and, you know, just being able to go out there and make plays. And this defense that they're installing, I know it's predicated on the ability to go out there and do everything fast. You know, once the ball's in the air, it's about pulling that trigger, being able to get to the target and knock the ball out of the man's hands. You can only do that going really fast. Um, on offense is going to be about these guys getting in position and making plays. And as we've seen in the past, uh, the faster our athletes are and the better they are in space, the more successful we have been on offense. So I'm um, just really looking forward to those two things. You mentioned Brendan White. I, I'm curious about him because I know, you know, he he kind of had a breakout season, at least, you know, for the last four games or so of last year, uh, culminating with the Rose Bowl when he was defensive MVP. I could argue that Jeffrey Okuda should have been defensive MVP, but whatever. I'm, I was happy for Brendan White. Um is he maturing as, uh, as much as he needs to? Just uh, what are you hearing about Brendan White? Um, haven't heard a ton lately. Uh, the hope is, and I, that's typically a good thing around the summer because, you know, if you hear something, it's, it's really extraordinary or typically it's bad. Um, so the fact that we're not hearing a lot means that he's on pace, he's on track, he's doing the things that they're asking him to do. Um, so it'll be exciting. And like I said, that new bullet position is going to be interesting because, uh, you know, there are going to be sets where, He's basically the extra linebacker in the box. Um, there's going to be sets where he's going to be, you know, at a walkout position. There are going to be defensive looks where 
uh, he might be playing a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage on a on a tight end and man coverage situation. So, um, you know, having that versatility to put a thicker safety body out there on the field and basically now you're able to have more speed elements to your defense is always helpful. But uh, let's not forget that there are a ton of guys in the back end of that defense that are going to have opportunities as well. Um, you know, players that we don't hear a ton about. You talked about Jeffrey Okuda. It's going to be his year. Uh, Damon Arnett is a guy who, you know, you're talking about a corner who has first-round potential, and people have said that should be a high draft pick. Um, you know, and, and in the back end of the defense, Amir reached the guy who you're hearing a little bit about as somebody who's coming on and somebody who we should look forward to. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities there. Uh, I want to transition uh, and talk about Phil Steele's magazine and his, some of his predictions. I want to break down you know, Michigan and Ohio State this year. You know, I was uh, I, knew, I knew it before I uh, opened the magazine that he already picked Michigan to win the Big Ten East. This is the first time in 12 years he has not picked Ohio State, um, and you know he was right 11 of those times. Um, <laughs> and I'm just not buying it though, man. I mean, I know people are going to say that I'm biased, whatever. I, I'm, but I'm looking at this. I, I take my scarlet and gray glasses off when I look at this. Michigan has. We have eight starters returning on offense. I think Shea Patterson's overrated. We'll get into that. Get your thoughts on that. Then we have five starters returning on defense, and that defense was good when they were playing against Sisters of the Poor, when they had to play against Ohio State. They got a ton of points. Uh, when they had to play in the bowl game against not really a very good Florida offense, Joshua, they gave up 41 points. Um, you know, they lost 41-15 to in the Peach Bowl to Florida, so they really had a tough end of their season last year. Um, I don't know. I just um, – do you think, are you buying into this, that Michigan's the favorite of the Big Ten? Not that you're picking them to win. Do you buy that they're the favorite of the Big Ten this year? Hell to the no. Um, <laughs> absolutely not. And it's, I mean, I've, I've got my bias, obviously, but it's for a number of reasons. Um, I'll start with the defense. And, and you know, they, they, they had a very good defense last year. It's not taking anything away. But the, the two biggest stages that they played on, um, they did crap the bed. And I'll give them a little bit of a break on the bowl game because, um, you know, you had some guys with injuries. Some guys, you know, didn't want to go out there and probably play because they weren't uh, playoff team, whatever the case was, and I can understand that. You know, you got to protect your, your NFL value, and they had plenty of NFL players on that defense last year. But uh, when push came to shove, um, they didn't play the way they needed to, and now a lot of those guys are gone. So um, that's going to be an issue. On the offensive side of the ball, the one thing you get to look forward to now with them is they're stepping into – you know, the new era of offense where now they're going to be able to spread it out. They're going to be running out of the shotgun. So you're going to see some more of those sets and formations of spread offense that we like to see. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more wide open. And now they, I mean, they've got legit athletes. You talk about uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. You talk about Nico Collins. Um, you know, they've got some receivers who are going to be able to go out there and make plays. Now, I agree with you in saying that Shea Patterson's overrated, but uh, for him it's going to be big on how he can limit mistakes because, for them to be successful, they're going to need him to be able to throw the ball and complete about 65% of passes. Um, and if he can get in that 60 to 65% range, they'll be golden. Uh, if he's below that, they're going to struggle. Um, they're going to have to create an offense where it's going to be a short passing attack, something that's manageable for him. Um, you know, keep the ball out of the other team's hands. Don't put the ball on the ground, all those things. But, again, there's a question mark in the backfield as well where, you know, they – Karan Higdon's gone. They had suspension going on there. And so you have real questions about who that running back is going to be and what they're going to look like. So to me, you can say what you want. And I know Ohio State's got its holes where you've got a first-year head coach and you've got a brand-new quarterback. Um, the offensive line is okay, could be better. Um, you know, we still got the athletes on offense. You look defensively, it just wasn't very good last year, uh, especially in the middle of the defense. But I think it should be better. 
Um, it's hard for me to want to say that I would pick that team up north over Ohio State right now as the leaders in the East. Yeah, and, you know, I'm trying to look at it and, you know, play devil's advocate a little bit. If you're looking at it from a you know, objective point of view, you see, okay, Ohio State has a first-year head coach, not just first year at Ohio State, but first year as a head coach, period, unless you count the first three games of last season on any level. Um, they have a first-year quarterback who it's very, you know, he's you know, very talented, but very raw, untested. No one you know, really knows what to expect. I think you and I have high expectations for Justin Fields. Um, only one returning starter in the offensive line, although Jonah Jackson, you can say they have two because Jonah Jackson was a starter at Rutgers the last two years. was all Big Ten. Um, Bowen was a starter a couple years ago before he got hurt. Um, interesting, I'm looking at the Phil Steele magazine right now. He has Gavin Cup in as one of the starters at left guard. He's not going to be – Gavin Cup's not going to be a starter. He'll either be Wyatt Davis at that position, or maybe they'll put Brandon Bowen there at guard and have uh, Nicholas Pettit-Ferrer at right tackle. But anyway, um, you know, so I get it to an extent, you know, with the first-year quarterback, first-year head coach, only one returning starter in the offensive line, and they have to play the game at the big house. But still, man, I mean, I, I'm just not buying it. But I, there are some concerns out there, some legitimate concerns if you're an Ohio State fan. I'll say this. Um, you know, people talk about playing the game at the big house, and I, I really don't want to make waves in saying this, but I feel like that is not a hostile environment. Like, it's it's a great stadium. It's historic. There's a ton of fans there. But it's a shallow bowl, and I feel like for a noon game in Dagon, November, Ohio's they're, they're Big Ten fans in general, but Ohio State and Michigan fans, like, it gets a little bit sleepy in some of the stadiums sometimes. So, I, I you know, it, it's tough playing up there, but I'm not going to say it's hostile enough that it's a huge swing in the game. And I touched on Justin Fields. I, we touched on this before, but, hey, we're, you know, Big Ten media days are later this week in Chicago. I'll be there covering that. Um, I believe you were a player rep in 2015. You went out to Chicago for that, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've interviewed you so many times when you're a player that kind of all runs together. The million times I interviewed you. Um, I'm not saying one on one, but with other reporters. Um, and so yeah. the season's going to be here before we know it. Um, you know, they moved it up a week this this year. For those that don't know, Big Ten media days are Thursday and Friday. Ohio State stuff is all Thursday. So keep it locked to Bucknuts for that. Of course, we'll have one wall coverage. Uh, Justin Fields, um, with camp just a couple weeks away here. You know. What are your expectations for his sophomore year, just uh, from a statistical standpoint, just from, you know, uh, wins and losses? Just uh, unpack some of that for me, if you would, Joshua. Yeah, I mean, I just – I hope to God that, you know, he's he's been at the Woody and he's been training and throwing with his guys. Because what's hard for him is, you know, you, you have experience playing college ball, but you played a, a year with a, a bunch of different guys. So, you know, you got to get here and you got to show you're the leader, but you got to get that chemistry down. So, uh, probably expect some bumps in the road early on. Um, I mean, I, I have total belief that he's going to have a really good year throwing the ball because Brian Day, I feel like, has enough awareness to, to tailor the offense in a way that it highlights what he does well and it minimizes what he might have some flaws with. So, um, it's it, and I look at the schedule, too. I mean, you've got some games on there that are tough, but there's nothing really to me that says, like, Oh man, you know you got to circle this one. This one's going to be really tough. Um, and so, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like people have their worries. I kind of have some reservations, but at the same time, like the good thing is you kind of get to ease your way through the schedule in a lot of ways. I mean, you start off Florida Atlantic's not going to be tough. Cincinnati's going to be a game with some juice just because of the history there, but it's not going to be a game that you should lose. Like, I mean, Luke Fickle's going to come in. He's going to have his guys ready to go, and I understand that, but. Like, should not lose that game. Indiana, again, should not lose Miami of Ohio. You go now, Nebraska's one that people keep talking about, you know, what's this game going to be like? 
Uh, you know, you you uh, got to go on the road to Lincoln, this, that, and the third. Uh, to me, it's going to be tough because I feel like they've got some talent. I feel like they're going to have a little bit of juice because there's momentum within that program. But uh, the question that you have to ask, their offense is high-powered. They're going to be good. Um, how, what kind of strides is our defense taking? And will they be able to keep up with that offense, number one? And then number two, do you really think their defense is that good? Because to me, I feel like their offense is going to be their strong suit, but their defense has some, some flaws and some holes. And I feel like historically Ohio State's been able to take advantage of defense with flaws. So that's going to be a tough one. Michigan State, I just don't know what they're going to be. You know, can they run the rock? Is Lewerke going to be that guy that we saw in 17, or is he going to be the guy that we saw last year? Who knows what that is? Northwestern's tough, and going on the road there is going to be tough. That's going to be on a Friday night, so it takes guys out of their routine a little bit. And it's always hard getting out of routine. I think they're coming off a bye week as well. Um, and so there's just a lot that's going to be different. That might be one surprise game, but, again, uh, Wisconsin, they can run the rock, so we got to be able to stop the run. But outside of that, don't know what their team's going to look like. Their defense last year wasn't what you expected them to be, so – Again, if they take strides on defense, they can make it a little bit of a dogfight um, if, if we can't stop the run. But, again, I expect our run defense to be a lot better. Maryland's not going to be an issue. Rutgers, absolutely not an issue. Penn State's going to be down this year. And then you look at Michigan. So we've got opportunities. I, I mean, quarterback's young. I get it. Justin Fields has to kind of get his legs up under him. But, you know, this is the Ohio State University. So I feel like, you know, there are going to be a couple of question marks on that schedule in terms of, What's the atmosphere going to be like? You know, are these guys going to get up and play the way they need to? But in terms of on paper, their guys, our guys, who are you going to take? I'm taking our guys every time. Last thing, I want to circle back to the game. Um, you know, if you're, I imagine if you're a player and you see, not that you're reading magazines like I am, but it's not just Phil Steele. It's, you know, ESPN.com. Every, you know, it seems like almost everybody's picking that team up north. If you're an Ohio State player and you see that team up north is being picked over you, I mean, that's got to get you. I mean, I know you're focused on, you know, the, the task at hand, but that's got to be a rallying cry, I would think, in training camp, right? Yeah, I mean, it, they'll they'll find a way toward the end of the year to really do that. Like, the one thing that they always used to do before games is they would have, um, you know, different headlines, and they would take, like, you know, guys do the photo shoots preseason. They would take the photo shoot photos of the other team's best players, and they would just have them playing on the loop in the weight room every time we come and work out. They'd have the headlines, the set and the third. Um, so they'll, they'll be able to work that in more towards the end of the year, I think. Um, to me, the way I view it right now and the way I probably would have seen it as a player is, hey, man, we got to sell these magazines one way or another. So what's the, what's the best way to do that? we got a ton of Buckeye fans who are going to pick up these magazines because they're pissed off and they're going to read them and talk about how wrong we are. So might as well just throw something in there. And it's not like it's too far-fetched, but, you know, it's like anything else. You say outrageous stuff on the radio for ratings, you do it on TV, so why not do it with the magazine?
training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.